When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Four hours away from getting that football high and mile high, and the teams has been assembled to get you ready for that Colts-Broncos matchup Thursday night and for the rest of the Week 5 offering. Is it going to be the Colts that get their second win as Denver improved to over 500? Filling in for Laura Rutledge. I'm your host, Jordan Cornette. I told you to tell everyone you were, Laura. I'm Laura Rutledge. No, I'm there not Laura Rutledge. I'm only Jordan Cornette. Alongside me in studio, the comedic, the ever-entertaining Dan Orlowski. We also have Mina Kimes with us, Marcus Spears, Keyshawn Johnson, and Sheffy zooming and booming with us. Coming up, though, the Ravens defense has struggled closing out games. Marcus is going to tell us why the pressure falls squarely on Lamar Jackson's shoulders in this one. But we start with Thursday Night Football. Colts Broncos, just about four hours away from kickoff. Let's dive right into this one with our team reporter, Stephen Holder is with the Colts, Jeff Legwald covering the Broncos. And we start with Jeff. How big of a role will Melvin Gordon play tonight with Javante Williams now out for the season? Thanks, Jordan. Broncos tonight without Javante Williams and Randy Gregory. Williams is the team's leading rusher. He's second on the team in receptions. In his place, Broncos need Melvin Gordon to be as big as he's ever been in his time with the team. Melvin has four fumbles this season. One of those returned for a touchdown against the Raiders, but he will get the bulk of the work in the run game. Without Gregory, watch Baron Browning. He's a guy the Broncos moved from inside linebacker to outside linebacker this offseason. Browning has the kind of pass rush skills they love. Colts have not protected Matt Ryan. And the guy with the biggest microscope, quarterback Russell Wilson, coming off his first three touchdown game of the season in the loss to the Raiders. For more on the Colts, let's go to Stephen Holder. Thanks, Jeff. The Colts have played just one game without Jonathan Taylor in his three-year career. That ended up being a three-touchdown loss to the Tennessee Titans in 2020. So tonight, without Taylor, the plan is to lean more heavily on Matt Ryan and the passing game. Ryan has two games of 350 yards passing or more, the only quarterback in the NFL this year to do that. But he's offset that with eight turnovers through four games. He's got to get more help from his offensive line as well, and that offensive line will have to create some holes for running backs Naheem Hines and Phillip Lindsay, who, who was brought up from the practice squad to fill in for Taylor. Back to you, Jordan, in the studio. Thanks, fellas. Both the Colts and Broncos made trades for veteran QBs with the hope of getting back to the playoffs. But so far this season, it has not really panned out. Both Matty Ryan and Russ Wilson ranked near the bottom of the league in total QBR and touchdowns per pass attempt. The Broncos ranked 30th in points per game, while Indianapolis, yikes, dead last. Dan, the tape gives you some hope for the Colts offense. What are you seeing? They got to stop hurting themselves, and it really means one guy. There's so many plays on tape where you sit there and go, 10 guys are doing it not only right but well, but there's one guy missing an opportunity. It's a perfect example of this one back power out of the gun. Now everyone's guy on a guy. Watch the left tackle here. They got the safety blocked. They got the puller. If that left tackle gets on that linebacker better, there is a giant hole for Jonathan Taylor. He's going to meet a safety about 10 yards downfield. He misses that block. It's a negative play, but it's that close to being a home run. How about a long touchdown pass? 
play action. This is a beautiful job front side with protection. That's really good. Now you're trying to attack the coverage down the field. You run off the corner. You've got this guy to pull the flat. You have all this space that you're going to go out and up on, but that defender split two blockers, going through two best players, and Matt Ryan has to force the ball out of his hands. Now everyone's sitting there going, man, why can't the run game get going? Because one guy missed his block, or why can't we push the ball downfield with Matt Ryan? Because two guys missed blocking one guy on defense. 36 clips last week for the Colts, both offensively and defensively, of one guy ruining the whole play. It's not an easy fix, but it's fixable. If they do, they got a chance to get back on track. Dan, another reason that's so confounding, a veteran-laden offensive line from the yeah. Colts. Really confusing. Absolutely. It's, I'm, it's shocking that that's led them to 1-2-1. One, and one. Some of their best players are hurting their team the most, but it's fixable, like I said, and they're well-coached. As for well-coached, at least to this point, Cooper Rush's performance on the field has kept a sense of urgency for a Dak return rather muted. But Dak Prescott, indeed, on the mend, he met with doctors Tuesday attended practice but did not fully participate on hump day. For more on America's team, we welcome in Ed Werder. Ed, how did the Cowboys manage to get to 3-1 and one, even after the loss of QB1? Yeah, you know, Jordan, there are a multitude of reasons the Cowboys have won every game without starting quarterback Dak Prescott. Backup Cooper Rush has played exceptionally well, avoiding sacks and turnovers, making some timely plays. But the Cowboys have scored just six touchdowns. That's tied with the Colts and the Broncos and the Bears for the fewest of the NFL. So even Rush attributes his success first to a Cowboys defense that's yet to allow an opponent more than one touchdown in any game. A Dan Quinn-led defense that leads the NFL in pressuring opposing quarterbacks. For the Cowboys, that begins with second-year player Micah Parsons, who lines up everywhere and is the first player opposing quarterbacks have to identify before every play. The Cowboys, like every Rams opponent, do that with tackle Aaron Donald. Parsons said before the season his goal is to be the greatest player in the league and to dominate every game. It's apparent he doesn't believe he's achieved that just yet. When we spoke to him a short time ago in the locker room, Parsons said Donald remains the standard for individual greatness among NFL defensive players. That type of greatness don't happen just by waking up and just playing football. He has to have a routine. He has to have a schedule that made him like that, and he developed it to last this long. So, I mean, I'm going to try to pick his brain one day too, and, you know, those type of people that you want to meet, people that's done, done it before and just have that type of success. Well, one thing that you didn't hear Parsons say there is that one of the things he wants from the Cowboys matchup with the Rams this weekend is an Aaron Donald jersey for his man cave. Remarkably, Parsons finished second his rookie season in voting for NFL Defensive Player of the Year, an award that Steelers pass rusher T.J. Watt won. But Jordan, Parsons finished ahead of Donald. And when I asked Parsons about that today, he said, what's it matter? We both lost. <laughs> about that one. Thank you very much, Ed, for the report. Uh, Sans Dak and the career backup in Cooper Rush key has this group at three and one. When you look at this offense, what has changed? I, I think it, it's simplified. We, we don't like to say it that way. We like to say dummy down, and I think that is basically what it is. When you look at this offense, they're running the football much better. The offensive line is blocking much better. But they simplified things. He's going straight to his reads, and every now and then he gets off the first read, get to the second, to the third. But it's also about the defense. The defense is playing lights out, Jordan. When you think about teams that have success is score low points on an offensive standpoint, defenses always rule. I haven't seen a team that has a high-scoring flying offense and a stellar defense that's like 
in the top five in the NFL in such a long time. That's how it's getting it done. And when Dak comes back, keep the Cooper Rush recipe. Don't change anything. Don't all of a sudden feel like because you spent a lot of money on a quarterback, you've all of a sudden got to open up the playbook. Yeah, I think for me, it boils down to balance for them. And even though it hasn't been gaudy numbers rushing the football, it has been equivalent to what they have done in the passing game, which in turn, I think, has opened up a lot of things for Cooper Rush and play action. If you look at the number of carries against the Giants, I believe it was upwards to 30. And then last week, Zeke carried the bulk of it against the Washington Commanders at 19. But they stayed pretty balanced as an offense. And when Cooper is dropping back in these play action situations, not only is it creating space for these wide receivers, it's giving him time in the pocket. One of our biggest concerns was the Dallas Cowboys offensive line and how they would be in pass blocking. But this run game has kind of solidified itself. And I got to give Kellen Moore credit. Even when it wasn't successful against the Washington Commanders, it was still Zeke Elliott to the tune of 19 carries, MK. And they they committed to doing it just enough to continue to be able to open up that play action downfield. And I think the comfort that Cooper Rush is playing with because of that is the most important thing about this offense, even though it's not explosive at all. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it has impressed me nonetheless. But I do think it's worth noting um, those two performances that we were talking about. Obviously, Bates Cincinnati have come against the Commanders and the Giants, not exactly the best mm-hmm. pass defenses in the NFL. The Rams, I think, present a more challenging <laughs> test. And, and along those lines, Marcus, uh, I actually think uh, Dallas can take some cues from San Francisco. Obviously, a very different type of offense. But the way they approached Aaron Donald and the Rams, I thought, was really smart. Pretty much on every down, Aaron Donald was accounted for, whether they were running away from him, the blocking, you know, obviously getting yeah. him extra blockers. And then when he was on off of the field, they took advantage of that as well. Uh, that's the approach that Dallas needs to take, especially because, frankly, the rest of that Rams pass rush has not really lived up to Aaron Donald at the moment. So he is the guy you got to game plan for. The other thing I'll say is um, another weakness I thought that the Niners exposed was at safety with the Rams. There are shots to be taken down the field in the middle. And to your point about Dallas and play action, I think those opportunities will be there for them this weekend. Cooper Rush looking for opportunities. As everybody predicted, the second highest QBR to this point trailing only Josh Allen is absolutely (laughs) remarkable. Dan, what do you make of this offense? Yeah, so Jordan, you just heard Marcus kind of reference my take, which is create some space or voids for the receivers. That's really been the foundation of what Cooper Rush has done with this offense. They put him under center and they utilize that run for the play action. Bunch up top. All you do is that ball fake. It keeps everybody protected. The linebacker's vision. Look at this green area that you've created for CeeDee Lamb. Now he's got all this kind of creativity, green grass to go run. That's easy for the quarterback and receiver to kind of attack that void. This time they put a sixth offensive lineman at fullback. That's a run look personnel in formation to the defense. A nice little ball fake. You go to the second level linebackers looking inside. Look at the green grass void that you've again again created for CeeDee Lamb. They've done a nice job of not only protecting the quarterback and cutting off the fat of the reads, but they've really kind of freed CD up to go attack those voids. And the last thing I want to touch on, Mark is talking about balance. The great thing that Dallas has done is with this play kind of belief under Cooper Rush, it's given them the balance of calling run or pass whenever they want. They don't have to get in passing situations nor have to get in running situations. They do whatever. I agree with Key. You live in this world. You can grow this world under Dak Prescott instead of shrinking it down for Cooper Rush. But they've done a really good job, and this has to be their philosophy moving forward. Their identity can grow with Dak. 
Take a look at this, guys. Noteworthy or maybe much ado about nothing, but Todd Archer tweeted this out a little bit earlier. C.D. Lamb did not practice well, because come of the right injury. But he doesn't seem overly concerned. He says he's fine, Dan. We're good. I don't want to scare nobody. He said his GPS numbers were very high. I'm just a messenger. Mine too. Plenty more coming up here on NFL Live as week five kicks off in Denver tonight. Mr. Unlimited and the Broncos offense has struggled, but is tonight the get-right game they so sorely need? That's coming up next. Plus, the Packers flying across the pond play the Giants in London, and Dan explains a new offensive philosophy that allowed the Packers' young receivers to succeed. That's all coming up. NFL Live is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you want to manage your personnel like a pro, check out the AI-powered player insights with Watson in the ESPN Fantasy app. With boom and bust projections, performance trends, and player comparison. Player insights with Watson only in the ESPN Fantasy app. Back here on NFL Live, Jenna Lane doing work on the digital tip, tweeting out some news here. Todd Bowles back with the team today for practice after missing yesterday's for personal reasons. Tom Brady also back practicing after missing yesterday due to some shoulder soreness. Tom was asked about said injury today. How's the shoulder feeling after some rest yesterday? Good. Feels great. Thanks for asking. I'll be there Sunday. <laughs> report let's get Shefty involved here Adam let's go to Brady's former team Mac Jones missed Sunday's game with that ankle injury where does he stand going into week five versus Detroit well he was limited in practice today which points to the fact that Bailey Zappi the rookie fourth round pick could be in position to start if Mac Jones cannot make it back from a severely 
high ankle sprain that would sideline many players for multiple weeks. We saw him limp off the field when he suffered the injury. The fact that he's been back in practice moving around is encouraging, but it still looks like it could be Zappy on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. Meanwhile, Saints quarterback Jameis Winston also did not practice today for a second straight day, which sets up the real possibility that Andy Dalton will be making his second straight start for the New Orleans Saints as Winston tries to recover from back, ankle, and other ailments. And Daniel Jones has been moving around better at practice, even though he's nursing that sprained ankle. The Giants left today for London for the early game on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. And the fact that Jones has been moving around as well as he has is a sign that he is tracking to be able to start on Sunday against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Jones' biggest strength is his mobility. Interesting to see how that one plays out. Thanks to Shefty. Also for finding my wife's phone a week ago in Connecticut. Story for another time. Let's read and react to some stories around the league. The Giants' opponent in London, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Dan, how the Packers integrated their young wide receiving core into the game plan in the first month of the season has been fascinating. Really mainly Christian Watson and how they can kind of build off this moving forward. The impact that he can have utilizing his speed maybe in a non-traditional way. Left side of your screen, he's going to come in that jet motion. Now pay attention to every Everybody defensively for the Pats on the right side of the screen. They have vision on him because they know how fast he is. We hand the ball off. That linebacker, he's the one supposed to be filling the gap that Aaron Jones is about to burst through. Now, a couple plays later, the Packers realize, all right, you're paying attention to the run. Great, here we go. Now this time we're going to have Watson coming. The trailing defender is going to be in man coverage. Aaron Rodgers is going to turn around and hand the ball off to him. Those linebackers just saw a run, so they're paying attention to it. They get hung inside. Dobbs blocks the trailing man defender. And that first play where we saw Aaron Jones, they didn't block four defenders on the defense. This last play where Christian Watson scores, they don't block four defenders on the defense. So maybe allowing him to be utilized in, in a Debo Samuel type of role settles him in in a non-traditional way and really builds his confidence as this season gets going. That's what I want to pay attention to for this offense moving forward. A work in progress to be expected. Next up, Raiders-Chiefs Monday night. The rivalry rolls on. Since Andy Reid took over in 2013, the Chiefs rolled the Raiders, owning a 15-3 record in the span in that matchup. Patrick Mahomes on the rivalry. You know it's going to be a battle every single time. Um, it's going to be both teams trying to play their best football. Um, it's a true rivalry. Um, we, we know that you it doesn't matter what the records are. Uh, you're going to go out there and play. It's going to be a dogfight. Um, and they had a great football team. I mean, their record, they, they don't have the, the best record, but every game they've been in the game or been leading the game at, at certain points. So we understand it's going to be a great challenge for us. Um, and uh, especially Monday night at Arrowhead, we want to go out there and find a way to win. No Tyreek. Is it no problem for this Chiefs offense? Keyshawn, what do you see him? No problem. They're going to roll to 16-3. You mentioned 15-3. It'll be 16-3. Look, Patrick Mahomes and company, Eric Bieniemy, they understand how to sprinkle the defense all over with these different receivers. It's not a one-two punch anymore. It's not Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. It's everybody involved, including the running game. From a couple of Super Bowl winners in Rodgers and Mahomes to a QB making his first career start. Kenny Pickett, quite the gauntlet to start his career, facing the Bills, the Bucks, the Dolphins, <laughs> and the Eagles over the next four. ESPN's FPI gives the Steelers just a 14% chance to win in Buffalo Good on Sunday. Luck. Marcus, the fit is spicy. Give me some spicy analysis here. Do, do you like going up yeah. against a rookie quarterback? I don't, Jordan, but prayers up for Kenny Pickett. Listen, this is the land of unknown, and I've talked about this a tremendous amount on this show, is that when you're still getting 
and trying to understand how a new quarterback, especially a young guy that can be athletic and hurt you outside of the pocket, how will this game plan be formulated? How will they play as far as explosive plays downfield? We saw Kenny Pickett take some chances and give his guys opportunities. That's been the talk of the town in Pittsburgh. We want more explosive plays. We've seen receivers frustrated about how this offense has been maneuvering. Kenny Pickett is a mystery to this defense, which may help him in the long run. There's two things that out of this Pittsburgh offense that is going to be beneficial. Number one, Kenny Pickett will hang in the pocket. He has no scar tissue like Mitch Trubisky. He doesn't care about getting hit from the rush. Those receivers got to make a little bit more plays down the field than they did for Mitchell Trubisky. Mm -hmm. I think your outfit looks, you look like a rotting pumpkin. We got into wow. October and you just wanted to get into autumn like you went to the University of Texas or something. What happened? Nah, what happened? Like Where did that come from? I don't know. Like, why like why did rotting, we have to go there? Yeah, you look like a rotting okay. pumpkin. Okay. Hey, say less. Let's make it that kind of day. Say less. Jordan, <laughs> buckle up, bro. Hey, hey, for the record, you get the Cornette co-signature over here. I feel like you're wearing it and wearing it well. Call that man Mr. October. This is my smoker's jacket. <laughs> He's on fire. Coming up, despite a 2-2 two two record and an impressive Monday Night Football win, Niners offense struggling. Stick around and see how Dan thinks one player can change it all. You're watching NFL Live, presented by Fan Duel Sportsbook. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NFL Live. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Appreciate y'all coming back. It's Thursday, so that means we're about to see who's on trend. I present a stat to our analysts, and they tell us if that trend is here to stay. And we start with Cooper Cup. He's currently tied for the most receptions through a team's first four games in league history. He's accounted for 40% of his team's receptions Jeez. this year, 7% higher than the next closest player in the league. Keyshawn, do you think that trend continues? I don't think it should continue, Jordan. I think they need to figure out how to get somebody else involved. I've been in this situation. My second year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I had 106 catches. The next closest guy to me had 36 at the receiver position. You can't win football games like that if you don't have a solid defense and a solid number two wide receiver and you can't run the football. I don't think they should continue to trend, try to figure out how to get Allen Robinson involved. Stafford, three picks when he targets Cup this season. He had four in its entirety targeting him a year ago. Out of the Motor City, the Lions are getting run over. This season, Detroit allowing 5.6 yards per rush, the worst mark in the league. They've also allowed a league-high 10 tutties on the ground. Mina, do you expect the Lions' struggles with the run, stopping the run to continue? 
Well, for their sake, I sure hope not. Uh, head coach Dan Campbell, after the Seattle game, talked about reevaluating what they're doing on defense to yeah. improve. And one thing that I think they can do to help themselves out in the run game is to be less aggressive. On that touchdown run with Jod Penny, uh, the Lions were poised to blitz. Seattle knew they were going to blitz, so Geno checked into a run. It was third and 16, went for 36 yards. I think up front, they need to be just play sound football, work on their tackling, get their fits, and not worry so much about getting after the quarterback. He's right. The Lions are just the second team this century to allow 10 rushing touchdowns through four games of the season, joining the 2002 Jets. On to San Fran, Jimmy G trending as he avoids the deep ball. Will it continue? Well, since the start of last season, Jimmy G has the third lowest rate of passes, 20-plus yards downfield, and probably for good reason. He ranks 29th in QBR, 25th in completion percentage on such throws. This season, Jimmy G just two completions, 20 yards downfield. Second fewest of any QB with at least 50 passes this season. Dan, how big of an issue is this statistic? When it comes to Super Bowl contending, it's a big issue. Mm-hmm. This is a good offense. Kyle Shanahan always has good offenses. Even under Jimmy, they're going to run the football well. They're going to utilize the play action. And they're going to be very good with the yards after the catch. But unless Jimmy Garoppolo and Brandon Ayuk figure out a way to create some form of explosive plays in their offense. And when I talk about explosive plays, the ones when the ball actually gets thrown down the field, it's hard (laughs) to sit here and say that they're a Super Bowl contending offense. We'll be very good, win a bunch of games with it, but they got to add that element, that quarterback and that receiver specifically. And and Dan is right, uh, Jordan and Mina. When you look at the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy G, I don't want the football down the field in the middle. Keep it on the outside numbers. Anything to the sidelines, vertical stretch, deep crosses. As long as he's going to the sidelines, I'm okay with it because we've seen Jimmy G, when he's tried to throw the ball in the middle of the field, deep down, it's either a turnover or something along those lines. I don't trust that at all. That's where this gets really tricky, right? Because on one hand, Dan's absolutely right. This offense does need to be more explosive through the air, certainly against uh, better offenses that they'll face, especially in the playoffs. On the other hand, Keyshawn, you alluded to this. So we see all the stats where Jimmy G ranks near the bottom of the NFL in deep passes. On 15-yard-plus passes over the last two seasons, a stat where he ranks first is interception rate. 7.2% of his attempts in that range have been picked off. Mm. And, you know, while I I, I guess throwing outside would help along those lines because he does seem vulnerable to safeties in that robber role, he's not very good at throwing outside the numbers. And part of me wonders, with the defenses being as good as it is, if Kyle will just be too risk-averse given Jimmy's history to even attempt throwing the ball downfield. But unfortunately, that is the difficult place this Niners offense is in, as efficient as they are. As good as they are at running the ball, that's never going to be a strong suit for them. Keyshawn. The, the reason I like throwing outside the numbers on vertical stuff is because if you don't catch it, most likely the ball is going out of bounds. When you have the middle of the field, and Dan, you know this is a quarterback, yeah. that field is so big. Those yeah. safeties are sliding over. They can get over there quick, fast, and hurry. If it tips off a receiver's hand, whatever the case may be, putting it on the outside edge of the numbers, though, is always a plus in my book. So two two things, I want to touch on that quickly. While I agree with you, Key, the fundamental basis of this pass game is the play-action game. It's hard to really build a lot of consistency or consistent concepts that you can use play-action that push the ball downfield to the sidelines. You can get some crossers in, no doubt, but a lot of times it's attacking the middle of the field. Mina, the, the stat that you bring up with the interception rate is paramount. I'm interested to know... 
or I wonder if the expectations in San Francisco have changed now in comparison to three months mm. ago. Did they expect their defense to be right now? It's one of the best we've seen in two decades. Did they expect that? And then there's a reason why they drafted and went to Trey Lance because they know yeah. there's the limitations. But they also know that Jimmy runs this offense a little bit better efficiency-wise. Looking at the conference, like, do they sit there and say, all right, we are a Super Bowl contenders now because this defense is that good? And, and do they believe what we believe offensively? I mean, heck, they made it to the Super Bowl with basically the exact same formula, Correct. right? They, they know that. And I've always said this team with Jimmy Garoppolo, the floor is higher the ceiling is lower. Yeah. For me, the key will just be simply not turning the ball over because I think the defense is that good. Yeah. But, Dan, quickly, has this group maybe overachieved? I mean, no Trent Williams, no George Kittle, and yet they're still at this point in through week four. That's, that's a little bit of it. Week one, the torrential downpour with Trey. Two, week two, he yeah. gets hurt. Kittle wasn't playing. No Trent right now. I don't think anybody who knows football has any reservations if we believe that this offense is going to be good. But this defense is a Super Bowl-caliber defense. This defense is better than the year they won to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. But this offense, unless they threatened and get defenses to believe Jimmy is good enough and capable to put the ball over their heads, it's going to be limited. Well, let's get to back to what's right in front of us, and we get Adam Schefter back into this one. Shefty, so many key injuries around both teams in the Colts and the Broncos tonight. What do we need to know, starting with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield for the Colts? Yeah, Jordan, the big injury tonight, Jordan, uh, Jonathan Taylor being ruled out of the game tonight due to that ankle injury that he suffered late in the game on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. They ruled him out yesterday, not going to play tonight against the Denver Broncos, and that's going to mean some big changes for the Colts' offense losing their most dynamic playmaker for this game. And because he's out of the game, one of the changes that the Colts made is they activated Philip Lindsay, the former Broncos running back, to their active roster today. That means that Lindsay will be active tonight against his former team. They'll try to fill in along with Naheem Hines as they try to replace Jonathan Taylor. And the Colts are making do with a revised offense right now. And the Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson, is off the injury report. He's ready to go tonight despite the fact that he was limited in practice this week due to a shoulder injury. Melvin Gordon, their running back, off the injury report. He'll be ready to go tonight and be ready to handle the bulk of the carries with Javante Williams out for the season. Both teams tonight without their star running back as they meet on Thursday Night Football. Almost wonder if you should take the under in this game, which leads us to the big game tonight. So let's get a fans duel, same game parlay from the ice cold Dan Orlovsky. Come on! Yeah, Dan, let's go through it. Over or under in this one? 250 pass yards for Russell Wilson tonight. I'm going to say over. No Shaq Leonard for the Colts defense. I got to see at least one big ball to K.J. Hamler. He's got game-changing speed. Javante Williams out, of course, for the Broncos in this one. Over under 60 yards on the ground for his replacement. He's been fumbling a lot, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's over. As long as he holds on to the yeah. football. Melvin Gordon's a vet. He'll hold on to the football tonight, and he knows Indy's going to punch it out. If he does that, he goes over. Game so nice they named him thrice. Mo Ali Cox found the end zone twice last week. Does he get another touchdown in this one? No, nah, no. Nah, this Denver defense is going to bow up. It's been one of the best in the NFL over the last two seasons. Struggled a little bit last week. They get back on track tonight. No, he does not. Well, I'll tell you what. In 61 career games, I would agree with you. He's only scored in eight of them. So, it's maybe, it's I, a lock. maybe I play this yeah, part come on, tonight. Get you a couple extra shekels, Bob. I'm going to jump on a cell phone, get with FanDuel right now, and let's make it happen. All right, up next, the Ravens only trail for 14 seconds this season, but they find themselves at 500, 2-2. Two two. So what more can the Ravens do to avoid these losses? We'll tell you next. You've heard our picks. 
Now you can use those or make your own to build a same-game parlay with FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Sunday NFL crews got you covered for week five. 10 a.m. Eastern and the Monday night countdown crew get you set for Raiders Chiefs, 6 p.m. Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. New on NFL Live, Field Yates making this one official with the tweet. The Patriots have placed quarterback Brian Hoyer on wow. IR. Hoyer started for the Patriots Sunday, wow. left the game with a concussion. So as the saying goes in Baltimore these days, a reputation can be built in 60 minutes. It can be destroyed in 14 seconds. That's because the Ravens have trailed for just 14 seconds in the 120 minutes they played in Baltimore. Both those outings resulting in a pair of losses. Here's what Marlon Humphrey had to say on the Ravens, allowing the most pass yards in the league this season. The numbers don't lie. So as much as that sucks to just say it, it, it does. To me, it's unacceptable. I feel like it falls on the weight of my shoulders, so I really want to get that number down. Respect. Swagoo, what does that struggling defense do to Lamar in that offense? Well, I know everybody's expecting me to be uh, on this defense, which it, it rightfully so, but I'm going to go to the offense, actually. Um, we know how explosive Lamar has been, but early in games, they've been explosive. The fourth quarters have been abysmal for the Baltimore Ravens when it comes to their offense. They've actually cost their team games. Look at Lamar's numbers in the fourth quarter. QBR down to 24, one touchdown to four turnovers. That's a big reason why. Now, obviously, you give up leads against Miami and you give up leads against Buffalo, obviously, and you lose those games down the stretch. But this is a, this is a defensive issue. Don't get me wrong. But it seems to me, and watching these games and watching this film that this offense kind of goes stagnant or they go yeah. missing after they yeah. build these leads. So it's very important for them to continue to press. It's very important for them not to try to preserve wins, but also keep their foot on the pedal. And Lamar, quite frankly, got to play better in the fourth quarter of games because it's costing this team uh, opportunities at W's. Yeah, I actually thought the defense played pretty well against Buffalo. Um, they just ran into an all-time Josh Allen performance in the second as half as the yeah. defense as well. But the offense, you're right, I actually did struggle a lot to hold on to that lead, or rather build upon that lead. And for me, a lot of that has to do with the run game, which feels wild to say about the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, Mina, but when yeah. you take out Lamar's rushing production, it drops precipitously. In fact, uh, their fifth in rushing EPA, 
overall, but 24th with you just count running backs. And there's a litany of reasons for this. They've obviously had injuries at the running back Jeez. position, the offensive line as well. I think they kind of landed on something, putting uh, J.K. Dobbins under center a bit. We'll see if that continues. But in my mind, the run game has to be much better than it's been because here's the thing. It should be so easily easy. You have one of the greatest uh, <laughs> quarterbacks to ever run in the backfield. Defenses have no idea where the ball is half the time. And yet, thus far this season, it's been pretty lackluster. Totally agree, guys. Uh, the I best am, way for me to say am, it. Go ahead, Marcus. Go ahead. I am 100% getting so easily easy tatted somewhere on my body. I'm doing it, MK. I got to do it. Yeah, Go got, ahead, Dan. Uh, my bad. a little promiscuous, but uh, okay. You got enough space to, to pick options. So. Now, now, Dan, a lot of people may read into last season, right? The Bengals yeah. truly had the Ravens number, but you say that whole approach is null and void. Well, I mean, because the Bengals got to play against one a decimated unit when Lamar did play, and then he played without Lamar. I'd like to touch a little bit on the offense, too, because – I think you guys are on point. The best way for me to say it is they allow the circumstances or situations of the game to kind of put yeah. them in, I don't want to say panic mode, but dictate what they do. I agree the run game, but even more so the Lamar run game, which they use so well in the first three quarters. First three quarters <clears throat> of games, Lamar's got 14 carries, designed runs. Mm. In the fourth quarter, he has four. That's one yeah. a game. He's too good of a weapon to only be utilized that minimally. They got one fourth quarter touchdown this year. Guess what? Who's on a designed run for? Lamar Jackson. And I think the second thing yeah. that shows up a little bit, guys, is, and MK, I'd like to get your perspective on it. It feels like they force feed Mark Andrews the ball in the pass game a little bit late in games. And I know oh, it's a fine 100%. line. Right? I know it's Sorry. a fine line, you know, <laughs> yeah. between players over plays, but they got other options that they can that they well, do in the first three quarters. Well, one problem, I think, in the fourth quarter that kind of went under notice is, you know, Rashad Bateman didn't play. And when that happened, it was like the pass game evaporated in part because we, we have seen this with Lamar Jackson. He does key in on Mark Andrews. And I wouldn't blame him right. based on some of the skill players he's played with over the years. There. But that's not a formula for a successful offense. And, um, yeah, and it's going to be an issue, by the way, in this one because Rashad Bateman, we'll see if he plays, but he is banged up. And if he doesn't play, what you just described will be a problem. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting, Dan, and Marcus, maybe you could answer this. You talk about the lack of the design run plays in the fourth quarter from right. Lamar. Marcus, is he maybe running out of gas? Is that maybe why they're dialing that thing back? Jay, I, I would like to say yes because it's a fourth quarter game, but this is Lamar Jackson we're talking about. Yeah. If it was anybody else, I would, I would, I would potentially, right? But we see Josh Allen in four quarters of games build and get stronger, yeah, and I'd they like it, actually go to that I'd like yeah. it to for see the flipped. Buffalo Bills. So I'd that's like what it they to need to do with Marcus, Lamar. I'd like Save it to him. flip. Run him a little bit early on, okay. and then you can kind of use him as the absolute finisher, the door did. closer. Yes. Absolutely. Very interesting conversation. It'll be interesting to see how they use Lamar. Still to come, the Colts offense is looking for a bounce-back performance against the Broncos without Jonathan Taylor. Marcus has his eyes on one player to step up tonight. NFL Live is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase.
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Welcome back into NFL Live, our week five Monday night football matchup and AFC West rivalry between oh, the go. Raiders and Patrick Mahomes and those three and one Chiefs. 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app. And our coverage begins with Monday night countdown at 6 p.m. Tonight's game between the Colts and Broncos will be missing some star players due to injuries. This week, the Broncos placed outside linebacker Randy Gregory on IR due to a knee injury. It's expected to sideline him multiple weeks. On offense, Denver will be without second-year running back Javante Williams. Done for the season with that torn ACL and LCL. As for the Colts, well, they are lacking all-pro running back do-it-all guy Jonathan Taylor due to an ankle injury. It'll be the first game of his career that he has missed due to injury. Keyshawn, how does Taylor being out affect the game plan for the Colts tonight? Well, I think when you look at it, when, first of all, they need to protect the football. Matt Ryan is just fumbling that thing away at an alarming rate, but he, although he did pass the ball well last week. I think when you look at this team overall, though, we came into the season assuming that they would just plug Matt Ryan in and they would run the ball with Jonathan Taylor and do fine. But that's not been, that hasn't been the case. Now what they've got to do is try to protect the quarterback, get the ball out of his hands quick, fast, and hurry. Stay away from Sertain. Don't utilize him. Find some other receivers out on the football field and get their defense going. Russell Wilson is starting to cook a little bit. I mean, he's starting to play a little bit better, so you got to be careful there. But I think if the defense turns the corner for them, they'll have an opportunity tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Keith. they, they got to find an explosion, man. And obviously – Naheem Hines is a guy that I'm going to be looking at stepping in for Jonathan Taylor. And I'm not talking about in between the tackles. He's one of those guys that you put in the same vein with a Kamara or a Christian yeah. McCaffrey where he can get out and do things in the pass game as well. The great thing that Matt Ryan did last game was he spread the ball around a lot. Mo Cox is becoming one of his favorite targets. But I think Hines can do most of his good work on the edge of defenses. So get a zone stretch scheme going. Find some extended handoffs. Get him involved in the screen game and try to give yourself some dimensions to this offense as opposed to Matt Ryan just being a drop-back quarterback. He is not Jonathan Taylor. Don't use him that way. <laughs> use his strengths and his skill sets in the way that he's able to. he's been able in the past to show us he can have success in that regard. Find space for Naheem Hines, and you may have something from explosiveness with this offense with him uh, stepping in for John. Yeah, you almost kind of wonder without the two teams that lead with the run, do they elect to make this a pass-heavy game? Mm. And we get wild there. Mm -hmm. Let's flip it to the Broncos offense for a minute. Dan, Russ and company have struggled at times early in the season. What needs to change tonight? You've got to stop having so many negative plays. I mean, they don't even give themselves a chance, not only with penalties, but literally negative yeah. plays. Look at this. They've run 247 plays, Denver offensively. 92 of them have gone for no or negative yards. That's almost 40% of their offense. That's absolutely outrageous. And you see it. It's not only penalties. I mean, this is first and 10. Let's get to a toss. Great. Second and 16. You guys call the play. The, the negative plays that are constantly hurting this offense, it is not an offense that is built to be able to come from behind. There's way too many Russell Wilson misses. Russell Wilson has had way too many easy misses. Bad balance at the top. That's Cortland Sutton on a wrap route. One, too many hitches. And two, the balance at the top forced this. But that's wide open in the NFL. This is uncharacteristic for Russell Wilson. And then the last thing is, they got to get K.J. Hamler the ball. There's, K.J. Hamler is the one guy in their offense that I truly believe has game-changing speed. 
He hit KJ deep against the Raiders last week. Yeah. I would love to see more deep shots in their play-action game to him, but also little clips like that where you give him perimeter screens, you get out in space, and maybe he busts one for a 30, 40-yard game. And that deep ball was a dime. Beauty. And a reminder of what Russell Wilson is capable of and why they traded for him. Um, but there have been flaws, the likes of which you did see in Seattle, pressing, I think holding on to the ball a bit too long, taking unnecessary sacks, yes. not as much mobility. What has shocked me, Dan, and what's something you didn't see in Seattle, which is something you alluded to, which is the misses on the easy stuff, the layups. Right. Um, Russell Wilson on intermediate and deep balls this year is fifth in QBR, so passes over 10 yards. On passes under 10 yards, yes. he is 28th. He has simply been inaccurate at times, and that to me is what's been most stunning this season. I don't know if it's uh, a lack of patience with him or just not being in sync with his receivers or not trusting the scheme, but that has to change because you get those misses on first down, and suddenly, as you said, you're in second and long. MK, you know what stands out with that stuff? Because you're exactly right. It almost seems like every ball he's throwing as hard as he can. So the balls that are 12, 15 yards downfield that he has to rip, he does. And then some of these slants or flat routes – that are six yards downfield, the ball is just coming out so hot out of his hands. Pressing, lack of trust, there's something there. Two teams that have underperformed to this point, an opportunity in front of them to write this thing. It's game pick time. I'm wearing a crown. I'm kind of cool with that. Well, with the way you've done today, you should be wearing a crown. Oh, the hey, job you've done. Hey, let the you're killing it, bro. You're killing it. Just leave Dan out. Let's see if you still feel that way with the game picks and here. Why are y'all always sticking me in a wig, man? Because your hair is bad, especially that line. It looks crooked. I'm glad you're not up there. I'm hey, not even up there, Casey. I'm glad Dan's not wow. up there. Wow. It's nice to good, have hair. Good. All right. That's actually good. We don't need you up there. A decent <laughs> picture for me. Uh, all right, as we reveal our game picks here, it's me and Keyshawn going Colts on the road here. Mina, Marcus, and Dan believe in the Broncos. Jordan. Uh, really interesting. Jordan, good job today, man. Time for one more thing. On our show Tuesday, an elite conversation with the group on the return of offenses going under center. Patrick Mahomes asked about that segment today. Take a listen. All right, so we weren't able to hear the audio Man, there. what a great response from Patrick. <laughs> he said, wow, NFL Live is the best show on television. I was lip reading. Especially Mina Kimes. Her voice is just solid. Hey, Dan. Uh, he, so so here's, here's what his response uh, he got was. got an actual pumpkin. He, what he did what say, Patrick Mahomes said, he heard about it, yeah. but he did not have a chance to watch it because it was eight minutes long, and he will be watching it. I mean, what do you make of this going viral? Well, I mean, it was elite conversation. I actually think Patrick said that was the greatest conversation in the history of sports. Is, um, I think it's awesome. I'm, I'm hopeful that he does actually watch it. It was, it was a great moment. I think the show, um, it, was, it was probably the perfect example of what makes this show kind of what it is and how awesome it is to be a part of it. So. Well, I, I can go ahead and piggyback off of that. You know, to be able to sit up here with you, Dan, to work with this A-team, uh, Marcus, Mina, Keyshawn here, and, of course, Laura, typically signal caller for it. She's the uh, GOAT. You guys do great work, and, and not only people like me watching the show, but there are people out there in this league at the highest of levels paying attention. Thank you. You did so great today. It was fun to ride with you for the last Phenomenal hour. job, Thank JC. You. Appreciate it, guys. Where's Phenomenal the pumpkin? Job. Mina, Keyshawn, no and Dan. I'm Good Jordan job. Gordon.